May 7th, 2023, it's Watt for Pedro's show.
Not for Pedro's show. Fucking, it's going to be 22 years in a couple weeks. I'm still blowing clams. I had the fucking monitor still on. People, happy fucking Sunday. Usually don't do Sundays, but for very special guests, we accommodate what from Pedro show. Started off with John Coltrane, Miles Davis doing Alucha live. I think that's a fucking uh, Charlie Parker song. And then Zipextri with Hypnotized. And because of those fucking Skype, well, Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, that's it, fucking idiot. Why? I got with me. Brother Way from Moketown. This is Sister Robin. Welcome hey. aboard. Yes, yes. And uh, I ain't seen you in a while. I think it was last April. So yes. it's been a year. It's yeah, been a fucking year. In fact, we cu- got to cock there twice because we went all the way to Pacifica and back. Yeah, yeah what, that band was great. I loved it. M- MSSV, Mike Baguetta. Going to go out with him again, September, November. He gave me the first batch of the next album because that's the way he does it, right? You play the album all tour. Then as soon as you get home, you record the motherfucker one day. Smart move, Mike Baguetta. Okay. <laughs> So I want to learn about your journey through music. So please, Brother Ray, bring your earliest musical recollection. Oh, wow. Um, You know, my dad forced me to sit in front of the piano when I was probably about 11 or 12. And um, I think we had one. And I think I was just supposed to sit there until I started plunking around. And that's probably the earliest, earliest memory. So yeah. you don't you don't have an you don't have the ordeal of the piano teacher. You just had the actual instrument. Yeah, my dad was a little bit that way. He really just exposed us to as much as possible. But once we started getting any good, he would just like force us to go another direction and start learning to draw or something else. You know. Okay. Because you know I've had a lot of guests on the show. The ordeal of the piano lessons almost drove them away from music. And what I found is usually it was the teacher, lack of skills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that the best thing that I got out of that without having, I mean, I think he was too, not cheap, but he didn't see the value of having me take formal lessons. And yeah. there were six kids in the household. But, um, but what I did learn over time is really, you know, it's, it's about, it is about theory. Like if you really can kind of just noodle your way around, you can kind of now start enjoying it instead of being, you know, having to read all the time. That would be not fun. Yeah. Think about it. They got one button for every note. <laughs> there ain't a lot of instruments like that. <laughs> like a pewter, yeah, so early form of the pewter. So, what about grade school? Were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like that? No, actually, I was going to be, like, I was supposed to be studious, which I wasn't. I mean, my high school GPA was really bad, but uh, I was supposed to be studious. I was in a white neighborhood, Chinese guy, and then um, all of my friends were in um, marching band and stuff like that. Actually, what happened was I took guitar when I was in junior high, but then when you went because of Reagan's thing and there's this whole like you know thing that happened politically at that moment where if you wanted to continue to take music in high school you had to be basically sanctioned or okayed by a music teacher in junior high and I was obviously too shy to go up to the 
teacher and say, hey, can you put my name on that list? So when I went to high school, music dropped out for me. But um, in that regard, but my friends were in band and they were great. And those, we, you know, we were skateboarders. So we just hung out with the skateboarder punk rock musicians. And uh, that's where I was. And then so, yeah, so I never really had any formal, formal training. Let me ask you this. First record you bought with your own money, please. Oh my God, that's so horrible! <laughs> it's a lot for Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. <laughs> well, I'm, thank you. Um, I'm being honest. I'm, I'm always I'm being honest, but I bought that. Uh, uh, I never saw uh, uh, what's the name of that movie everyone sees? Uh, Star Star Wars. I never saw Star Wars, but I had heard that little Cantina song, and that's that's the first forty-five I bought. In the second 45 I bought was, um, I think, Boogie Boots by, uh, I forgot that kid's name, but some little poppy guy thing. I don't remember. Whatever. <laughs> and first gig you saw? First gig I saw. Well, I would like to say it was, uh, um, no, UFO. UFO was first, and the second was basically Pat Benatar. But I want to say Pat Benatar because that's cooler than UFO, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was the, 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 the bass player had a neat name. Oh, ah, it was I really Cano. It was really short. I can't remember his name right now, but Pete Way or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Just like you know, I like Econo a little. Like your your last name is Little and Econo. Yeah. So is mine. <laughs> Except I don't understand why there's two T's. You know what? Make sure it's over. Yeah. Okay. Well, I kind of feel a little bit like your last name fully uh, helps establish establish you, you know, like the, a watt, you know, like electricity, you know. Uh, yeah, I think that I, I feel like our names kind of help establish who we were in life a little bit. Yeah, my pop told me this thing that was convenient for the fucking phone. He said, people want to know who they're talking to, boy. So you tell them. Because it also sounds like you're asking them what, you know, get to the point. Why would you fucking call? <laughs> Right, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Enough about me. So now you kind of hinted, you kind of alluded to what I was going to ask, not after school, high school, graduation, but in the afternoon. The garage band, the basement band, the bedroom band. You said you got in with some buddies. Yeah, my crew, like I didn't, you know, I was on another path, but like all my, you know, I'm a little misfitty kid, so... My crew was basically back in, you know, Los Avidados back in uh, the punk that. band and drunk engines would go up play at the on Broadway before the map. And then like above the it was upstairs, upstairs. What's that? On Broadway was upstairs from the map. Yeah, true. And then I met Dirk before. Dirk I mean, he Dirksen. remember me. I was just a little grum. Yeah, he had the best intros. He'd totally make fun of your band, and then you'd have to go play your best. Yeah, so <laughs> he's good. I think they named that that alley where everybody loaded in at the Mab. Everyone pissed there. That had the strongest piss smell out of any fucking anywhere. If you had any kind of congestion, that ammonia smell would open that shit up. Anyway, they named that. I, a couple of years ago, I went uh, hobbling around there, and they named that alley after Dirk Dirksen. But they paved uh -huh. it, so they ain't, ain't piss smell anymore. They, like, paved over the whole, all that shit. So, anyway, uh, uh, 
So did you get in a band? Well, you you mentioned something about a guitar. How'd you get your first guitar? Oh, I bought a, well, okay, so there's a guy named Rocco who back in the day used to make early, early skate videos. Um, um, And Rocco, I was, I was in San Diego going to college and then I came back and I'd visit my buddies and that's just right when kind of like my Ray Stevens was in all these bands and then um, um, the odd numbers, they were kind of a mod band in San Jose. So that was kind of my crew that I'd hang out with. And I remember saying to Ray, like, Ray was so great. Ray was like, I'd say like basically about music. And I think, Oh, maybe I'll learn this or maybe I'll learn that. Or, I'll, you know, maybe whatever. And I remember him saying like, you never go wrong buying an instrument. You never go wrong buying an instrument. And whether it's a harmonica or just some, you know, a little, you know, penny whistle whatever good and advice so, i agree yeah right i mean it's like you spend 20 bucks on something else like you can spend 20 bucks on that well it's like a pocket knife is the art really in the pocket knife or what you're gonna fucking carve with that knife yes agreed agreed so my first guitar was a takamani 12 string you know i thought it was acoustic cool. <laughs> Right, acoustic, which, you know, if you want to get in the pit and start some shit, kind of a little brittle. (laughs) (laughs) You gave me this song here, Electrify. Yes. Were you aware of Electrify Me? That that was the Plugs album. And they they probably had the first album in SoCal of our punk scene in Hollywood. Let's play it. I see with open eyes Take me to the sea May I electrify Being is so free So free. 
Hot for Pedro show. Start off that chunk of music with Zip Extra with Electrify. We were just wrapping off air, people, about Electrify Me album from Plugs. Of yeah. course, with a Z, not with an S, people. It was those kind of days. <laughs> then we had Pelican Man with Part 6 of Plaid Chernobyl. This is an opera. Me and Petra Hayden put music behind Charlie Plymel's libretto from a poem he had, Plaid Chernobyl. This is Part 6 of 15. Then we had Brad... Well, it ain't brand new, really. It came out a few months ago, but we lost Mark Stewart, people, the singer of the pop group. Big influence on Minutemen. And uh, just he was just on the show a month and a half ago. Anyway, this is him, some Italian cats, Peter Harris, Unair, a tune called Wasted, Malign, Sitkastur, Runa, Vala, Flores Grimsadol Titur Francesco Dielli. Well, that's a, quite a cast of characters. Jim O'Rourke's got a new record. He's living in Tokyo these days. Well, outside. He's a little west in the forest. A man's mind will play tricks on him. This is an edit. He's doing a lot of soundtracks, people. I'll tell you a trippy one he did was for Werner Herzog's, uh, what's that, Grizzly? Man, some guy thinks he's friends with the fucking bears. Idiot, man. But good music. Old California. California. This is uh, Woody. Uh, guitar buddy of Nels Klein. Woody Alphanoff's kind of uh, proj where he's singing and playing guitar. I won't cry. Out of Anchorage, Alaska. Muskeg, Mudsuck. Ramble with Johnny. Okay, here's some more Mark Stewart with Lampardano. Lo-Fi Waste, Brett and Edder's Ensemble with a tune called Waltz. This is a drummer man who writes songs because why shouldn't fucking drummers write songs? They're bitching at it. Bombas Prendon, the Dimensional Shift Key from the New Arabia Sadada. Sorry, fuck. Scusi. Out of Milano, Chile. All the songs are named after South American countries, people. Finally, Zip X Tree with Fatalaria, maybe. Yeah, Fatalaria. <laughs> fucking, I'm sorry. I see. I don't just fuck up the four languages. I always <laughs> already fuck, fuck up our languages. Yeah, so sorry. Anyway, a lot of good music there and stuff. And uh, so, okay, your buddy talks you into getting this uh, twelve string. Is that what you guys do, jam after school in the afternoon? No, dude, I'm headed. I'm in San Diego, going to college, and I'm. What are you in uh, San Diego, like the Aztecs, or are you La Jolla? Yeah, yes, the Aztecs. That was okay. It, that's that's Cal. Yeah, that's because there's two schools. One's a UC school. One's a Cal State school. Yeah, it's true. And I went to the state one that was better. Or there's. You know, they wouldn't take me in the higher education. That, that's as far as I could get in higher education. I played education. both. I played on the steps outside the Aztec uh, place. And then yeah. uh, La, La Jolla, La Jolla had a, a, a place called the Trident Pub. Mm -hmm. And there was gigs there. Yeah. I also got you to play in San Jose. Uh, that's a Cal State school. And uh, I got to play there, share the stage with Maceo Parker, Jim Brown's alto man. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, so you're man alone on the Takamini uh, twelve string. 
Yeah, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing a lot with that. I mean, I would basically like, you know, early, early guitar. So just trying to learn songs and shit, you know? So that's, that's how that, that's what I did with that. And it was actually, and then I was on rotation in San Francisco and they broke into the car, my Volkswagen van, broke into the van, stole the Takamani and suddenly I was guitarless. Um, but that was actually, you know, that thing was holding me back, dude. <laughs> that 12 string was holding me back. And wh- why do you say that? Because <laughs> it's too many fucking strings. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you try to tune it and you think you sound cool. I didn't know shit back then. Well, you dude. know what? A lot of cats, they tune them down to D because the tension is so fucking big time with the 12 strings. I didn't know that. Yeah, because you, they can bow up the neck. Anyway, you get rid of what do you will you get electric guitar next six six string? No, dude. I'm a like I don't I have electric guitars, but I don't pick them up too often. I mean I should, but no, I guess I, I'm, I just, I'm trying to follow it, the timeline here after the donate with the fucking twelve string. Okay, so you know, I basically end up with like I started buying some junky guitars and then I started listening to more kind of punky or like experimental music. So I would buy like whatever piece of shit was at a at a um you know at a thrift store or something and then just you know just bang away at it and we you know so then i'd start jamming with people more in a experimental music sense and not necessarily playing songs and then i was trying to get away from playing like you know you know playing pink floyd songs or you know bob martin songs you know because i learned songs but i you know i'm trying to not i'm trying to unlearn them so that i can do my own thing and so trying to do my own thing i would just buy you know, just have pieces of shit guitars and just start cranking away at them and really not paying attention to tonality for a while there. And you didn't want to chase down like your earlier music thing with the keyboard. You didn't want to get a synthesizer or something like that? No. Okay, I basically, okay. I was forcing myself to learn violin, forcing oh. myself to learn everything except guitar, like clarinet, trumpet, violin i would force myself until i got until i was able to break through and get like some kind of sound out of that that wasn't absolutely horrible um (laughs) so i spent a lot of time doing that kind of shit what about composing since you're not you say you were bumming on learning people's songs off the records and shit did you start writing your own stuff i did what i my i when michael tilson thomas first became the music director in san francisco I had envisioned, and then Yerba Buena Gardens first opened up. I don't know if you know those spaces, but it's right by the San Francisco MoMA. I had written a piece. It never finished it, but I had envisioned writing a piece where in that space we would take the windows out of all the buildings, the surrounding buildings. Like there's a Jewish center there. There's a lot of those buildings there. I had envisioned taking the windows out of those places and have a timed piece about, you know, about an hour and a half of just trumpets playing, going through tonality, A, 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 everybody's playing an A, and just, you know, kind of that jarring effect that you would get from both. I was really into uh, avant-garde, new school compositions for the longest, longest, longest time. And that's what I originally envisioned myself doing, that I envisioned myself writing, you know, like, uh, you know, John Cage. I love John Cage and the other dude that does the marching band shit, um, all those guys. Um, Marching band, what, like John Philip Sousa? Yeah, Philip Sousa, but even before (laughs) Sousa, yeah, all those guys. Okay, okay. Let me ask you this. When was your first public performance at music? 
Um, yeah, I was in when I was in med school. Uh, we had a we had a uh, kind of a new wave. We did some kind of punk songs um, called Bovine Keeler. Um, it was you know somebody else's. My old roommate wanted to put the band together, and so we we did songs. We did some copy songs, and we did originals. Bovine Keeler, and we actually did pretty good. We played at the Green Door in um, Claremont. Do you remember that place? Or Montclair? Yeah. Because they're next to each other. People don't tell me, don't ask me why Claremont is right next to Montclair. <laughs> but now that pad is a fucking parking lot for a mall. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it had a really fucking scary kind of tell there, too, like crack house kind of little tell rooms that were nearby. One time, uh, FBI came and wanted to know if I brought somebody over state lines that I shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not on. T- and then the, this was fire hose days, right? And I said, let me see that picture. And there was a uniformed <laughs> officer, too, with him. And uh, that guy starts giggling. And, he, he, of course, it's the band with the U in the name. Um, I said, it's almost the same band, just different haircut. So, and then so I'm just getting ready to get on the stage. The guy grabs me as I'm climbing up on the stage, you know, and I get interrogated. It was a trip. So I got some memories of that club, too. So was that gig for you a success? Yeah, we were great. I mean, I was in my, I was basically in my uh, second year of med school and we were doing really good. We were playing on the Claremont colleges and people liked us and we had, you know, we had kind of a poppy sensibility to us. And then I, we technically opened for uh, Ben Harper at a gar- at an art show. Like we were at this art show and then Bo- Bovine Keeler's playing and we plays, we played and then uh, all of a sudden this dude shows up with this crazy ass instrument i don't even know what it was like and he's killing it and i'm just thinking to myself like what the fuck yeah i got to share the stage with him he's a monster lap steel kind of plays it yeah. like jimmy look we're at the end of the first hour may 7 2023 edition what so special guest ray from zip x tree hold tight hour two that name dude really <laughs> may 7 2023 it's the second hour of the law for pedro show
Yeah. 
Bye for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour. Zip X Street with Souvenir. Knocking off air about license plate. Quebecois license plate, people. Uh, oh, yeah, the next door, right? The Ontario province. OPP, right? Yeah. It's not other people's property. It's the Ontario Provincial Police. So be careful. Especially your guest, somebody else's land. Thaddeus Brown, Matt Nelson after that orbital resonance. Timothy Renner with written in red. And uh, Sebek Street with Greta. Is that how you pronounce it? Greet? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Greta, just a guess. Anyway, okay. So that gig, I mean, that band, the bovine people while you're in med school, how long did it just last uh, for college? Did it run its course once you got done? Well, we were, we it was going good. Then we all had to kind of disperse to go out on like uh, um, what are called rotations. And then so then we, we tried to come back together, reform. But like you once you lose momentum, it was really hard to reform. And then I think, you know, it's I mean, I know you know more about bands than I do. But, uh, you know, it's pretty hard to put the band back together to to do it. And I think it was kind of my first foray into kind of. You know, I had never really, really been in a band before, but suddenly realizing like, oh, dang, there's lots of egos. And then there's lots of like things that people will want to do. Like my old, my, the guitarist was great. He was really a big impetus for us making it happen, but he was a little neurotic and he was a brilliant guy, but like, you know, we would, we would do like Billy Bragg songs and we would always start and some of the really slow Billy Bragg songs are vocal heavy. And I'm, the, I was a singer, rhythm guitarist, and he would want to start a show off with like just the hardest, the hardest shit for me. I go like, I don't really want to start off like that. You got to do it, man. You got to do it. Just now like, you didn't use an England accent, did you? No. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> me and him, Billy Bragg are born on the same day. I think he's a, a couple minutes uh, older. Oh, but nice. I got to rap with him and Joey Shithead on a three-way call uh, a couple years ago. It was trippy. They, they wanted to know about the 80s and how easy it was to write political songs because of that environment. So, uh, yeah, that's, you know, yeah, a bunch of cats. If you think of a band as a boat, yes, yeah, some dude's got to be on the rudder. And, and I guess you were on the bow there because he's launching your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little sacrifice lamb, but fuck. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so now you said Billy Bragg. So did you write any songs for this uh, bovine band? Yeah, we had a lot of, we had a few songs. There yeah, but song. any uh, Ray Yeah songs? Yes, we had a, yeah, there, we had, there's a song called Industry, which is basically about as the industry, right? And then, uh, um, yeah, we had a. I remember Husker Du had a song called "The Newest Industry." Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, really good. I had Greg Norton on a couple episodes ago. He's got a new band with some guys, England and Canada, called uh, Ultra Bomb, and he survived cancer. They cut the fucking. He said he wanted to put his uh, prostate in a jar, but they wouldn't give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, sporting Greg Norton. I mean, you know, we were talking. You know, in the old days. You used the fucking phone. I'd have like six, seven hour talks with one at a time. Grant and Greg and Bob. And, beautiful. Greg Ginn, Chuck Dukowski, Spotsky. That's Joe Beiser. That's what you did. You fucking windbagged on the phone like a motherfucker. 
Uh, you gave me this here uh, laid back air.
Pedro show. That truck of music start off with Zip X Street with Laid Back Air. Then this goes way back, 2007. This is uh, Sawako, live at Roulette, New York City. She's on the show on May Day. And uh, this is part one of two. I think people started clapping. I think it was supposed to be an hour, but they started clapping in the middle, so I split into two parts. Then uh, uh, Nuri, Nuriat? Yes. Nuriat? Maybe it's Francais, huh? Zipek Street? Okay. So, so, so this band runs its course. And yeah. uh, does it scare you away from music, or is this when you... Because uh, it seems like you, you got into synthesizers, or some, or return back to keyboards anyway from this... Uh, well, what, how does Zipek Street get going? Okay, so basically, well, my deal is like, like all my friends are musicians... I give them space to be that. I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to step on their turf or anything like that. Um, we, I hook up with this, uh, he's kind of a brother-in-law who, his, he got, his handle is Cool Kojak and his, like his first platinum album was um, Flow Rider, Ride Round. And then he did like a lot of Kesha stuff and he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of hits. He kind of comes into our circle as basically kind of a brother-in-law. And and then my wife and I own this club up here in Oakland for, you know, whatever million years. And so we basically, you know, we're around music a lot. And I'm kind of getting to see, like, what the music industry really is about. I mean, I always, like, again, I always thought I was going to write, like, I, I always thought I'd do, like, John Cage, like, esoteric, like, all the way, you know, that kind of shit. Um, but then I got older and I started seeing all the efforts like our, you know, the Uptown basically had we really supported um, experimental music. We really supported like local shit. Right. That was really our, our thing. Um, but it dawns on me like, man, there's some killer ass musicians out there and they're never going to make it. It never shows up. And I'm getting older and my personal career is like taking off. But it's like, you know, it's leaving me flat a little bit. So I go to Kojak and I said, Hey Kojak, um I said, Hey man, can you know let's can we record some songs? He's like, Okay, cool. So I drive out to LA and we start working on we start working on songs. And Laid Back Air was the first song that we worked on. I basically walked into a studio and like again and I had I brought a you know a bunch of instruments with me and I'm you know, you know how these in these studio gigs go. You basically show up and you you know, they like to lay down a beat and then from that you you know, you just start putting the songs together and I'm, I can be pretty creative. Like, I mean, I've spent a lot of time, you know, I used to write some, you know, every, like everyone write a little bit of poetry here and there noodle around with whatever instruments there. So I was, I felt that I was primed to be able to just sit inside of a, a studio and start working on some shit. Um, and that's basically how that kind of came together. Um, I would be playing stuff, and then they eventually started recording it and then started to, you know, slice and dice and move things around. And and that's how these that's how these pop tunes came together, because I was feeling a little bit like, oh, yeah, I'm getting kind of old now. It's time to, like, put something out there. Am I ever going to do anything? You know, I need that part of my life to be significant that that I did spend a lot of a big part of my life playing music, playing instruments, doing all these things. And I ultimately had nothing to show for it, you know, in that regard, um, especially after having the club and seeing all the different bands come through and seeing how much work is put into just, just for that one show, how much. And, 
you know, it just seemed a lot. I mean, I've played before, but but not a lot. I haven't really performed a lot, but just seeing all that effort and realizing like, oh, you know what? And then the other people I think about, like there's bands out there that, you know, even you look at Taylor Swift, like she comes out, she, her hits are basically, you know, she's been able to morph her creativity and step away from her personal beliefs on what art is. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think she also had some control issues, like an asshole father and the motherfucking yeah. producers. St- she had to re-record her shit to get it back. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Well, oh, I'm, I, I, I'm solid behind her. Like, fuck those people, Dick Leeches. Yeah. yeah totally. So, so where'd you get the name Zip Zip Extra? Well, as you can notice from all my songs, <laughs> you know, I did like, uh, like I like I I always liked Satie. Like he would just make up words that didn't mean anything, and, and that's it. I mean, all, a lot of those songs that I sent you that that are not uh, that haven't been released, a lot of those songs are just me doing something and then me going, and at the end of it, going like uh, pretty uh, whatever, trying to mumble some word together. And that's where the and name then, Zip Extra came from. Yeah, just some mumbling. <laughs> okay, okay, that's all right. You know, in ten is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> that's okay. You don't have look. And if you want to read a book that's full of that stuff, Jim Joyce's fucking Finnegan's Wake, I recommend. <laughs> We're yeah. at the end of the second hour, May seventh, twenty twenty-three edition. Wap Peter, some special guest Ray from Zipex Street. Hold tight, round three. May 7, 2023, it's the third hour. Watch for Pedro's show.
Minimat Rhymes. Famous Cobra wrote Minimat Rhymes. One night, after a failed Quickly's robbery, Ma had had enough. Took a night when shift. Pa finally got home. When pa finally got home. He's a little bit sad. He's a little bit sad.
Wofford Pedro Show. We start off the third hour. Zip X Street. Save it for the kids. A little philosophy, people. Then we got some stuff from Carbon Records out of Rochester, New York. Okay, this is Beast View Mall. M-A-U-L. Mall, like a hammer, people. Part 2 of 2 of Fata Morgana. Reynos out of Argentina. But this cat, this uh, Miguel, the drummer man, Barria, he likes to make up his own words. Etro Rene, 5043. Bancho Aji, right? New taste. Fireflies in the Shrine. Will Veter after that with Ruth. Nod with Nope Mama Singing Blues. And finally, Zipak Street with Setner. <laughs> what the fuck is Setner? <laughs> Does that sound like Zip Zipak Street? <laughs> Sorry, dude. No, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> you know, I'm into it. You know, you gotta hide. You know, you, I'm trying to hide a little bit, right? You know. I, yeah. You know. What What do you do? You have notebooks full of lyrics, or do you write on demand? Do you use voice memo on your fucking leash, or what? Kind of both a little bit. I've been trying to uh, practice uh, free forming. Like, I don't know if you know, one, I do, there's two regular things that I've been doing, but there's this thing up at the, here in Oakland where on first Sundays you go and you, they, you throw your name in a hat, they pull three names out, you three go on stage, and for seven minutes you three have to improvise, um, and then you get two sets. And now, that who, who's Sunday. they? Who's they? It's the Temescal Arts Center. Oh, okay. Jacob, all the like, all the like, old school Mills head, Mills College heads, and all the avant-garde musicians. Which in the they decade. almost closed, right? I, I heard it's going to stay open, but can you imagine Mills College closing? Fuck those assholes. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Okay, so it's creative types get thrown into a random situation where they have to, uh, yeah, improvise and come up with something. I like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, so vocally, like, that's a thing. Like, so basically I will, you know, I'm trying to get a little bit freer about improvising vocally. So the, uh, words come from that. So, so not not all words, but that's an exercise that I will do trying in order to try to get lyrics. Now, uh, did you uh, speak your pop's language in the house as a kid? No, we did. What happened was he tried in the very, very beginning. We tried a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. He, I think that he felt that it held him back. He could tell that the accent held him back. Yeah, he everybody would, he used to that. teach us. You know, we used to take English language classes from him, like first tense, second tense. You know, vowel grammar. Sound. Yeah, grammar. Yeah, because I was going to say because Chinese language, both Cantonese and Mandarin, seems very musical. Like same word, right? Different tones. We, we do a little bit in English, like when. You want to make the difference between a question and a, st a statement, but they they use it for different words and stuff. So, in a way, big music quality, I think. So that would be an advantage, an interesting environment. But I know about immigrant uh, fear of that having the kids with accents because they're going to get picked on at school. Yeah, but you know what? I think that's unfounded in a way because I think yeah yeah you speak it at home the old language, but then at school. Well, you're in the formative ages. You're getting the, the, you know, the lingua franca. So I don't, 
I think that's, and you know, and knowledge is power. So any chance you got to learn another language. I was just curious if that came in and helped you with words because it's such, you know, Vietnamese too, it sounds like such singing language. Yeah. 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 That's a good, that's a really good point. And I agree with you about that. Like, I think it's basically your tolerance level of how much you can handle as far as like, yeah, I think that the language thing was very helpful. I think that um, he, we got, we came back to it, right? I mean, at one point we got it and then, and then he realized that we knew nothing about the language and it was, so he came back to it. Like, you know, like I said, we were always bouncing around from one thing to the next. My dad was constantly trying to teach us stuff and language came back and he started teaching us different tenses and mo, mofo. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, yeah. All these things. Yeah, um, interesting. Yeah. Techniques. Look, this next tune I want to play. Q, 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 help me with this. Qt Pertis, Peritis, some kind of Latin is a doctor word, medicine word. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Okay. Well, let's listen. Let's listen. <laughs> Thank you. 
Walk for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. That <laughs> Chuck Star albums. Zivek Street doing Yeah. Cool T <laughs> Paritas. I don't know. You know, because in, in Francais, right, you don't say the last letter, so it's probably something real short, like cute pet or something like that. Pengo after that. Remember that game with the little fucking ice cubes and the penguin? The ghost, yeah, pe- Pengo, right? The ghost wore galoshes. And then finally, this is one of your piano pieces. And uh, I can't, be- no lessons, huh? You learn this shit, man alone. That's pretty bitching. Piano yeah. number 11, 2.0. It's a backstreet. Yeah. Because, you know, like I was saying, one note for every button or one button for every note. And then left hand being the bass, right? You're almost a one-man band on a keyboard. Yeah. It's amazing. Right, 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 right. So do you, do you just have fun? Do you get on the piano alone and just start composing, start playing? Yeah, that's it. Actually, what ends up happening is I noodle, right? It's basically the best thing. The piano, as you're commenting on, is it's truly the best instrument, although it does require the most, um, you know, practice and exercise. And but once you get locked into it, it's absolutely amazing. Um, so for me, I, you know, I have been plunking around on the piano for a long, long time. So I can actually sit in front of this thing for hours and bug out um and that's basically what those pan a lot of those piano pieces coming from that because that, that that piano piece you're playing is going to come out in a record form and it's currently getting uh, mixed right now but um but yeah i sit in front of the piano constantly going through different you know tones and uh chords and configurations and and uh, yeah it's extremely when we talk about music being healing yeah um, and um and setting us back on our path and taking us out of those extremely difficult moments in life yeah um piano is number one for me it truly is it's hard to remember to do it it's hard to remember to sit in front of it and force myself to do that because it impacts everyone in the house and they all have to listen to what i'm doing um as opposed to say a guitar or something like that but um the piano is the most healing of all of them now you you say you're going to have a piano release but you got a a zip extra release too of this other stuff that you made with the uh Kojak cat, right? Right. Good point. So I've been having a dilemma with that, to tell you the truth. I was trying to figure out, um, and I love your advice about this, to tell you the truth. Um, so I have my professional career. I have Zipextry, which is a kind of a pop icon or pop thing. And then, but I really have all this other music that's inside of me. And so I've been canvassing and asking people, what should I do? What should I do? Should I create another pseudonym or should I just stick with Zipextry? Um, And so my observation is when I'm in L.A., and I'm hanging out with, you know, those people, they all want you to stay. This is the music industry, right? They want you to stay the course, like be this here is your persona, whatever. But I'm pretty complicated um, and I have all this other stuff that I want to do. So it seems to me, and you tell me this, what? Yeah. I need this advice. I really do. Okay. It sounds to me like my suggest would be, from what I'm hearing from you, I'd set up a Bandcamp page for each persona. Fuck that. Interesting. You know what I mean? A solar system has more than one planet. Oh. Still goes around the sun. You're the sun, but you got a Pluto mode. You got a fucking Venus mode, a Jupiter mode, Saturn mode, Mercury mode. You know what I'm saying? They can all be... You know what I mean? I think what's more important is music rather than the name of the music. Yes. If you want my well, advice. I do want your now, advice. Now, sometimes I'll, when I use my name in a proj name, it's because I want 
people to know who to blame because I'm b directing the people. When I give it an abstract name, that means more of a collaboration. Oh, That's how I do it. I like that a lot. But to me, you know, two different forms of music. Music is music. It's still you. But why Why can't, you know, have different, uh, whatever, names? Like uh, children, right? For the kids. Mm -hmm. Save it for the kids. So that's what I would say. I would say, and that way you don't have to worry about compromising yourself. You can let that fucking freak flag fly. Well, that's, and then so, it, it, well, it's, what's interesting is I had kind of put Bandcamp on the back burner for a long time. And it's, I'm starting to realize it does seem like on Bandcamp, I can be who I want to be. As opposed to on Spotify, you have to be what they want you to be. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want my advice. I would say go that other route where you uh, hold on to your autonomy. And whatever you do, look, I want to put the invite out. As soon as you come, come out with something else, will you please come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it? Absolutely, absolutely. This has been very inspired. I'm, I'm ready to go write some songs right now after hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> I got to. I got to get some bass done for uh, Wasco in Cleveland in here. So thank you so much, Brother Ray. And come back on the show when you're ready with uh, new music, please bring. 100%. Big thank love. you very much, Absolutely. Absolutely. People, it's been May 7, 2023. You just want Pedro, so keep your powder dry.